Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Hello and welcome to this week's Discographology pregame, the show where we maraud for ears. We are currently in the midst of examining the first three A Tribe Called Quest albums. Last episode, we did The Low End Theory, and next episode will be our third and final Tribe episode for now, Midnight Marauders. But today is a pregame episode, and on pregame episodes, we like to talk about what we're currently listening to and what we've picked up, as well as a special discussion topic. And I will start us off. Uh, first off, I guess I should say, how's everybody doing? I always feel weird just jumping in without hearing anyone else's voice. There are other people here as well. <laughs> How is everyone? Did, we sur- <laughs> Not important. We survived the snowocalypse. Yes, it's actually looking like spring outside now. We did yeah, the it was a nice day, nice we day did, today. We did the winter uh, thing, and I'm like, man, are we almost ready for a spring one too? That's spring choice <laughs> of music. As soon as we're ready for the spring one, it's going to be snowing again. So well, that's true. Yeah. You know what they say about the weather in Missouri, don't you? Uh, what do they sucks say? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what they say. That's what I say. Well, to uh, get us through this, uh, well, actually, not to get us through, because again, it's a, a beautiful day outside. It's it's perfect for kind of rolling down the windows and listening to music. But um, I I've been listening to a few different things. I was kind of looking over my Spotify, which is normally how I do this, and I didn't see anything like I'd been going back to a lot other than Tribe Called Quest. Um, except for I, I did want to mention a new song by an artist that. We haven't covered, but we've discussed a little bit. Um, Logan, have you heard, or or Blake, or anybody, the new Oliver Tree song? Uh, no. What's it called? Out but of I Ordinary. Yes, I believe it's I have. new. Yes, I've heard. Now. I've heard that song, and then I've heard the song that he did with Lil Yachty. The mm. I'm an I'm an asshole. I think I talked about that on one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, you did. It, it is. We uh, thought it was Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> it is sometimes hard to tell with Oliver Tree, like because he put out for so long, just would put out singles or EPs, and then like this album that was going to come out last year that was kind of a collection of a lot of those things. And then I don't, did it come out Logan? Do you know the, the one that had like all the songs basically that he had put out? So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, I haven't checked in a little bit, but the last time that I checked, it was still delayed, like delayed. Um, you know, I, I just kind of wonder how much of it is actual happenstance or if he's trolling us, but like, He's he's putting out a graphic novel that I'm supposed to get sometime in March, <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. He's crazy. I don't I don't know what to expect yeah. from him, and I think that's what I like. <laughs> well, this this new song, Out of Ordinary, it's good. I mean, it's it's as yeah. good as a lot of the other songs he's put out. I feel like he's very consistent at this point with his right singles. Right now, he's yeah. I, I can't tell, though. I mean, I think it's supposed to be on this new album, but I, I don't know. Or if there is a new project coming down the way. Who knows with that guy? Well, he's, he's apparently retired from music. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he going back to skateboarding or BMXing? Or, uh, or it was he, uh, I doubt, scooter. I don't, believe, I don't really believe that he's retiring. 
I think we're being trolled. I think he, yeah. he plans on doing music for as long as he probably can. What is he, 30? <laughs> I wonder yeah. if he'll ever shift that persona a little bit, you know, kind of like, I feel like uh, D. Antward got stuck in that as well, where like they kind of had oh, created yeah. this persona and, and yet you knew that it wasn't technically real. Uh, yeah. I heard that they were just assholes in real life, like th- <laughs> through yeah. and through. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. <laughs> yeah, but other than uh, that, Oliver Tree, I I've picked up a few things on vinyl, mostly kind of just like cheap bargain bin buys. I bought the Holly's Greatest Hits uh, for like five bucks the other day. That was it's a good, good one. shape. Cool. That's a good pickup. Yeah, it has bus stop and Carrie Ann and Long Cool in a black dress. It's kind of got ah, uh, the spectrum go. of Holly's hits. I've but never heard of them. I guess I don't think sixties, uh, uh, not garage, sixties Brit pop kind of stuff. Graham Nash was in the group before he did Crosby, Stills, Nash, okay, and Young. You've heard probably "Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress." It sounds like a CCR song. I, I think they kind of <laughs> uh, knowingly ripped off that style a little bit with that one, but mostly sixties pop. But yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, Matt, what have you been listening to lately? I've been doing a few things. Uh, we were at uh, Stick It In Your Ear last week and found uh, 1983's The Wild Heart by uh, Stevie Nicks, uh, which was her her follow-up to her solo debut. Um, it's got Stand Back, which um, y- you might know. Uh, Prince actually played the synthesizers on it, and I was uh, huh. just looking over it now. I guess there's a um, there's a Tom Petty and Mike Campbell track on there as well that I may have heard, but uh, but haven't gotten to it yet. It's and not stop dragging my heart around. That's on Belladonna, right? Yes, yes. that is that is correct. Yeah. Which I also that was fire too. Oh, it's so good. It, I, I I couldn't even begin to tell you how much. <laughs> uh, I, it I it like kicks it. leather and laces ass. Oh <laughs> yeah. Say that. Oh yeah. No question, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've I've got that uh, queued up and ready to go. We're probably going to get into that this weekend, and then uh, I, I know I texted you guys. Um, I took a dip into the new uh, Julian Baker uh, mm. Little Oblivions, and, and it's it's really good. Um, you know, I I've only kind of gotten through it once, so um, that's really the only impression that I have of it so far is that. Album good, uh, but uh, but I, I would I would encourage uh, folks to to seek it out and check it out. Who's Julian Baker? Uh, she is a just indie artist. Um, I became familiar with her when uh, friend of the show and future guest uh, Brett uh, had played her cover of uh, Death Cab for Cutie's photo booth. Uh, she was on AV. What was the AV Club undercover? Cover? Undercover, yeah. Undercover, yeah. She was on uh, one of those episodes, and it's a really good cover. Uh, so I was aware of her through that, and, and just saw on Twitter or something that that she had a new record out. So that you know, uh, I knew I was uh, probably going to enjoy it, and and did. And then uh, finally, one one last thing that's been uh, been kicking around here is uh, listen to Illmatic. The Nas record, you know, we're we're doing a lot of uh, uh, New York hip hop. So. There's a connection here, by the way. I, I did know that. I did not know that when I when I put it on, but I was doing some reading uh, while I was listening. I said, "Oh, it's Q-Tip." Yeah, he produced one track and is on one track. But uh-huh. I'm gonna that that's kind of uh, before Midnight Marauders. That'll be on the next episode. It'll be talked about. Yeah, I was afraid they had beef. 
No, no. Uh, I think. House. Yeah. No, I, I'd also. <laughs> that, was I think, every, that was everyone else. I think Jay Dilla and Q-Tip who worked together, you know, in the UMA, I think they may have done some Nas stuff as well. This is where my hip hop knowledge is limited. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, eh. Matt, did you have anything else or? That's about it. Cool. Blake, what you what have you been listening to? I haven't been listening to a whole lot of stuff other than um, Tribe prepping for this um, and like the same old crap that I always talk about. <laughs> a little bit of that. There has been a lot of vinyl buying going on in this household. Um, and my my wife even whipped up a, um, a list <laughs> of recent purchases <laughs> in our home because my memory is so poor. This is literally what it takes. Um, so stop me if I've already talked about this. Um, did I mention we got Violator Depeche Mode on the show yet? Yes. yes. Man, that, that that's it's still a good slams. album. Um, <laughs> I have that on a cassette I was listening to the other day. I oh, found nice. a really nice. cheap copy of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad to have it on vinyl. Anyway, I already talked about it. Um, she got Bowie Station to Station. Ooh, that's a good mm-hmm. one. Um, I think, I don't know if she has the whole, she has either the whole trilogy or two out of three. I can't remember. She has Lodger. No, maybe she didn't. Uh, she has low and station to station. I, See, I, uh, I don't. I don't even have lodger. Like, I just kind of. Oh. I've. I think I tried to listen to it once, and I was just kind of like. Ugh. I. Uh, I bought lodger at a record show here, and then I think I've put it on one time, and I've never listened to it since then. I just. I like. I like low. It, it was most of it was new to me. Mm. I'd heard some of it, but it, that's the one with like uh, uh, Fripp on it, or is it Eno? Eno. <laughs> Okay, it's Eno. Yeah, yeah. I I love his influence and like is is one side like all wacky yeah. instrumentals. Oh, I love it. That yeah. was pretty cool. Like Warzawa. Yeah. It, oh, it's, yeah, it's that, great. That's where Eno really shines on that side. Um, and uh, but, Trent Reznor was really inspired by that album. I think that's his favorite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, album. The the synths are are wild on it. Um, we got some weekend beauty behind the madness. Um, I got. I probably already mentioned I got her Bad Witch. Oh, I got her um I got her um another nine inch nails EP, not the actual events, but this one was very delayed in arriving because they sent me um a copy of Broken for some reason. Hmm. So I had to deal with their customer service for mm. whatever company runs nine inch nails merch. And I I emailed some robot sandbag that, or something. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I got like automated customer service, and I ended up getting. Th- this is what happened. They sent me broken. I complained to the robot. They sent me. They they sent me two copies of not not the actual events. So I have. We now have two copies of Broken in this home, two copies of Not the Actual Events. I got three <laughs> EPs for the price of one, baby. Aren't, you know, bad doubles to have. No, I mean, they're, they're just keep sitting them, there. Keep them um, sealed and, and, yeah, and sealed. age them like fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to decant them in like 25 years or something. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Oh, guys, I'm in trouble. Like, oh, geez. There's so much to talk about, but I'm not going to... I think I'm going to try to limit myself here uh, from going over all of it. But I've been in a, I've been listening to a lot of things, and there's been a lot of mail call lately. Um, but the first thing I, I got is the uh, Gone is Gone, uh, which is that Tony Hajar, the drummer from At the Drive-In, uh, his supergroup project with uh, Troy, 
from Mastodon and Troy uh, Leowen from uh, Queens of the Stone Age and A Perfect Circle back in the day. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. I haven't been able to listen to it yet, um, but that was from Clouds Hill um, in Germany. And Bosnian Rainbow's Alive album that they had also came from Clouds Hill, so I'm excited to have, have that. So that's Omar Rodriguez and his group with uh, Terry Suarez. Uh, I ended up get- purchasing a copy of OK Human. I know we've we've talked about that one quite a bit, so I, <laughs> I won't talk any more about Did it. Did you get I'm, the special I, vinyl? Like, was it colored or something like that? I didn't clear? get, like, the clear one. Um, mm-hmm. I just went for the, the black, standard black vinyl. Um, I've already cleaned that up and... Listen to it and it, it sounds great. I'm I'm really I'm really happy about that album. I've been, the, it's really grown. Is that on the me. first Weezer you've? When's the last time you bought a Weezer album that was uh, like new? Like when white it came album. Out? White album. Okay. Yep. Um. So I finally, after months and months and months of waiting, because we all know that you know things going on with the postal service are real whack right now. Uh, <laughs> so I finally got the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Uh, vinyl that I was waiting for that I've talked about episodes and episodes ago. So that was a nice thing to f- nice. to get some mail from the pumpkins. With the new album? The newest yeah. album? Yeah. Okay. Finally, finally got a physical copy of that. Um, so then there's something I like to do. Uh, Josh and Matt, I, I well, I think you guys all know this, but I like to peruse the 99-cent uh, CD mm. bins at Vintage stock or entertain mart uh every once in a while I, f- I find some gems uh i found like four cds the other day on the north side uh that i'm pretty excited about uh one of them was jimmy world futures from 2004 that's a good one that's uh, a good i've, that's a good I've never listened to that one the last one that i bought from them was bleed american uh i think that's the last and only album i ever bought of theirs hmm, i'd heard same. i'd heard clarity and it was okay, but I think Bleed American was a knockout out of the park for me. I really love that album. Uh, Which one is the middle on? Bleed That's American. Bleed American. Yeah, Bleed American. Oh, it's a wall-to-wall banger. It is. Album. Yeah. Bleed American gr- might be a perfect album. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Once I heard the title track and saw the video for that, I was I was hooked. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I also love Clarity, though. Clarity is, is, is yeah. classic. Yeah. Um, also, I'm kind of laughing at this, but Stabbing Westward, Wither, Blister, Burn, and Peel from uh, 1996 has like a, what do I have to do, that song. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for it. It's kind of like a second tier, Nine Inch Nails, wannabe kind of, I don't, well, that sounds kind of harsh, but. Uh, a little. People always put them in the same camp, you know. Yeah, I, I think that there's, they've got some good songs. I also like their album, Darkest Days. Um so no hate towards uh, Stabbing Westward. Another band that's from the 2003, kind of that time period where it's like the Strokes, the Killers, Interpol, that whole scene was happening. Uh, there was a band called the Stills. Uh, Logic Will Break Your Heart. And they had a song called the Still in Love song. It's a really cool track. I, I remember um, that. Yeah, it's a really good song. Um, and I had a burned copy of it. So it was nice to just get like the actual copy for you know a buck. I feel and like then, there were a lot of one hit wonders of there because there was the bravery yeah, and the uh, vines, the and vines. Had, yeah, there were a few the like hives. That. Louis was, the Fourteenth or whatever. Remember that one? True Love Is Blind. 
Yeah, there was just a lot of the bands sprouting up at that that time period. Uh, and last, uh, I've never really, I think I've listened to them before, but I don't know anything immediately by them, but I saw it and it's Q and not you, uh, no kill, no beep beep from 2000. Hmm. I got that for a buck. Um, I think a buddy of mine, Bo had turned me on a little bit to Q and not you at one point, but, uh, I thought, eh, I'll, I'll spend a buck on that. Nice. Um, but the only other thing I was going to, uh, mention was that, uh, this morning I woke up to a little bit of fanfare uh i've been i'm part of a mars volta mars volta group on uh thank you facebook and uh i've been watching it because i blake has uh made a great cover of at the drive-ins our carsonal which we've put up on our youtube mm-hmm. as you should, i promised i would do on this show promised, and he delivered folks so if you're into it you should check it out it's this 8-bit cover of our carsonal so I'd been uh, I posted it on there and I've been getting some great feedback and people are loving it, Blake. Uh, nice, they're, they're really glad. digging it. They're already asking you to do uh, Volta tracks, uh, <laughs> but twelve minute epics. <laughs> yeah, but there was some there was some weird stuff going on this morning. Apparently, Mars Volta and Clouds Hill uh, they were releasing something about the Mars Volta hashtag. Something was happening. Um, it was very vague. Uh, they were saying that it was like the Mars Volta, La Realidad de los Sueños, or the reality of your dreams. And there was some very strange artwork that seemed to almost depict like a combination of the different covers of the albums in different combinations and weird, like almost new configurations. So it was leading to a lot of people to think, are they are they getting back together? Are they releasing a new album? What are they doing? Well, uh, I've been pretty captivated by that all day. It's been hard for me to focus on a tribe called Quest because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, shit, Mars Volta, it is going down right now. Uh, so, but we, I finally found out, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they released a, basically they were gearing up to a new box set vinyl box set 18 vinyl oh, box oh. Set. oh shit logan is gonna be broke of i kind of want this already though <laughs> well it's it's about 500 bucks oh god <laughs> but it's 18 it's all the albums on 180 gram black vinyl it sits at an angle so it looks and it sits on this base and it looks like this dime the the artwork is beautiful it's like a weird combination of all their albums and then it has all this unreleased like uh d louse in the comatorium sessions and recordings that they did uh and buttons and it's it's crazy but it's uh super expensive and so a lot of people are pretty uh disappointed about that including (laughs) myself that's a that's a lot um it's limited to five thousand well shit (laughs) but yeah uh so that i think that they're going to probably release also I wouldn't be surprised if they did individual reissues of the album. That'd be nice. You know, because I, I really hope that they're not just going to do just this expensive box set and that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be kind of a kick in the nuts. But uh, yeah, I think hopefully they will also be maybe releasing a new album. Or maybe this is financing the new album. I don't know. So that's that's kind of interesting. Old At The Drive-In uh, 
references there to go back on. So connections, nice. connections. Well, uh, in addition to discussing what we're currently listening to, we always like to uh, do a special discussion topic on these pregames. And I have a little background here. So in 1993, the Chicago Bulls, this is a sports podcast now. 1993, the <laughs> Chicago Bulls won sports. the first of their two legendary three-peats with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, etc., meaning they had won the championship in 91, 92, and 93. Being the basketball fan he was, I'm sure that Fife Dog was watching this happen, although I looked it up, and he's a New York Knicks fan, and he was probably disappointed because the New York Knicks that year were knocked out of the playoffs by the Chicago Bulls, so he probably wasn't too happy with that. Uh, But 1993 was also the year, he had other matters on his mind, because it was also the year that they released Midnight Marauders, our next discussion topic. And some say that that album actually completes A Tribe Called Quest's own three-peat of three legendary albums in a row. So that brings us to today's discussion topic. Your favorite three-album run by one artist. Your favorite three-peat, where all three albums in a row, you know, were just bangers, um, as we as we say. Uh, I will kick us off, and I feel like the one I'm going to talk about is not any surprise. Um, I don't think I've ever maybe been as explicit talking about this group, but I I thought about it and thought about it, and I got to go with what I'm dubbing Wilco's Jay Bennett trilogy, the three albums <laughs> that the band Wilco put out with Jay Bennett as co-songwriter and guitar player. And that would be 1996's Being There, which was a double album, technically. Uh, 1999's Summer Teeth and 2001's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is sort of the culmination of all that. And I feel like sometimes these three album arcs, you know, they sort of, each one builds on the one before it. So, you know, 1996, Wilco puts out Being There, which was considered sort of their their first real classic album because they had put out one before it. It's their second album. They put out one before it and that one wasn't too well received. It was seen as, you know, sort of lacking. Um, and especially because at that time, uh, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco was constantly kind, kind of being compared to his former bandmate, Jay Farrar and his group Sunvolt. And so a lot of people said the first Wilco album was not as good as the first Sunvolt album that came out around the same time. But then 1996 being there, which is the first one with Jay Bennett on it. It's like really good. Um, I love that album. It's probably my favorite kind of alt country album, very much in that mode. Um, Matt, I know you are also a fan of, all of these albums, but being there, I know as well, um, with Misunderstood and Sunken Treasure and a lot of other great songs. Then uh, 1999, instead of doing another alt-country album, they sort of do a more 60s pop uh, referential album with Summer Teeth, which also a classic, just wall-to-wall great songs. And then finally culminating 2001, like I said, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is really where, you know, not only... Um, widely considered their best album, but also it's one that Jay Bennett co-wrote a lot of the songs on. I think there's only three songs on there he did not co-write and uh, really kind of the, the height of their efforts together. And then after that, he would leave the band um, due to uh, personality issues as well as drug issues, I believe. And I, I mean, I think most people agree they really haven't ever touched the heights they did 
with Yankee Hotel Foxtrot since then. But that is my right. favorite three, Pete. Those three albums in a row being their summer teeth, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Um, technically, nice. by the way, I should add Mermaid Avenue, which is their collaboration with Billy Bragg on Woody Guthrie songs, came out in between one of those. But I kind of thought that didn't count because it wasn't officially an album. It was like a collaboration. I don't think it counts. So I'm not counting that one. Uh, but Matt, what is your favorite three-peat? Well, there's a lot to choose from on this. Uh, and and I you know, kind of thought about what constitutes a three-peat versus just a a you know series of of three good albums um you know radiohead at a couple of different points in their career uh, is a contender beatles are contenders obviously zeppelin is uh, is a contender stones um anybody who's had you know the ditch trilogy uh uh is out there as well uh, neil young's but the one that that always sticks with me as just kind of you know really any Anything in this artist's career that is good, you can find in some form in, in these three albums, and and that is the stretch. Uh, and it's re- it's only two years. Uh, two were released in 1965, and one released in '66. It's Bob Dylan. The first album is uh, "Bringing It All Back Home," which uh, he he has said was you know kind of one of his favorite albums. Uh, from that period, but uh, that has subterranean homesick blues. You know, it's kind of his first full electric record, uh, but there's still some uh, some really great, you know, acoustic folk on there as well. It's all right, mom. I'm only bleeding is just you know, it, it'll it, it'll take your socks off. And then following that up, also released in 1965, just the the density of of the the good music coming out of this period is is wild is uh, Highway 61 Revisited. Uh, it's got Like a Rolling Stone. It's one of the greatest rock rec- rock songs of all time. You know, I uh, at least uh, in in this this fan's opinion. Um, and following that, uh, you know, even kind of putting a, uh, putting the cherry on the Sunday is uh, 1966's Blonde on Blonde, which I, I don't feel like has as many songs that... People who aren't super into Dylan know, but it, it's definitely worth your while. Rainy Day um, Women, it's got Rainy yeah, okay, Day yeah. Women. Yeah, Rainy Day Women is is, is pretty well known. Um, my, my favorite on there is uh, "Stuck Inside a Mobile" with the Memphis Blues mm. again. Um, you know, just just great. Uh, you know, kind of it's very sixties. It's very uh, quote unquote rock and roll or rock apostrophe in <laughs> roll, but but it's it's got that that lyricism. Uh, you know. All of these records are are just, I, I think, the pinnacle of his creative output. The stuff that he would come back to do on Blood on the Tracks is already here. Um, I just don't think you can you can find a, a a better collection of, you know, if you want to get into Dylan, you can start here and you can kind of work outwards from this core in in both directions, depending on uh, on on what you find and and what you're into. So so that, that's my three. Nice. And by the way, I'm sure you already have it, but given what you just said, but you do have Blonde on Blonde, right? On vinyl? I do, do not have Blonde on Blonde on vinyl. Okay, yeah. I have I have a gift for you then. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I acquired an extra copy the other day of Excellent. Blonde on Blonde, so I will pass that along when I get a chance. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Push it uh, along. Push. I will push it along. <laughs> it's, it's not, the case is in rough shape, but the records play fine. Logan could probably That's clean right. them up nicely. 
I bet. Yeah. Um, Blake, what's your favorite three peat? I was terrified someone was going to take mine. <laughs> it just <laughs> seems it seems so obvious, and maybe uh, Logan could still take it. Swoop I don't know. in. Um, but um, I had a, a bunch. I was thinking about a bunch of bands that were too obvious, and I I've talked about these bands. I also thought of Radiohead um and some other stuff uh, but i'm sick of talking about the same few artists um i did want to point out i i believe both heim and nirvana that we've done on the podcast are Ooh, great yeah. three-peat bands those are good choices um and to some extent at the drive-in as well mm-hmm. um although i i think it kind of goes like good better great with um sure anyway what I when this came to me, I was like, "Oh shit, this is the obvious fucking answer." It's the Clash, nineteen seventy seven, seventy eight, and seventy nine. So self titled, give them enough rope, and London Calling. In a three year stretch, they released three of the best albums I've ever heard. Um, so, and I wish I could remember who said this first, but I heard someone describe it as in in seventy seven they released their first album self-titled which is one of the best punk albums ever um the following year they released give them enough rope which is one of the best rock albums ever and the next year london calling one of the best albums period Mm. um and it london calling has been on my like top five list of of the the best albums of all time since i was a teenager probably but yeah, like I, I can't even like pick bangers or anything on this album because or these three albums, they're all all three wall to wall bangers. I've never seen such consistency in like a first a first run of three records, and then it, it kind of I feel like it kind of drops off after that. I think everybody probably right? agree. I like Sandinista, but it it's weird, and there's a lot of weird filler, and then after that they get not as great. <laughs> combat rock but man yeah i mean you know we all like to rock the casbah but <laughs> that, no, nobody thinks that combat rock holds a candle to london london calling right that trilogy just just blows me away uh, and it, it makes me want to go listen to re-listen to all those like like right now like right after this nice and give them enough rope is sort of the odd one out there somewhat because like it's the one that you don't yeah. normally see as as being put up there as a classic you know I don't know that one very well. It's yeah, I I I'm looking at the track English list. Civil uh, War is on there. Yeah. And Tommy Gun. Safe Gunn? European Home. It's Tommy, Tommy Gun. Gunn. Yeah. It doesn't have uh like songs that you remember like uh London Calling, I guess, but it, all the songs are good. Like every I think every single one is good. I need to re-listen to that one. Nice. But but damn, yeah, they just grow and it, like I've been in bands that that don't grow in a decade. As hey. much as they in, in those in those three years. I'm not talking about this. What? I've been in three bands with you, asshole. <laughs> I'm just saying, in my in my experience as an artist, I've never grown that much in three years, even over even over a period of twenty years of playing music. Well, I'm sorry I'm not Joe Strummer, Blake. No. It's Jeez. not about you. I didn't mean you. All right. Uh but yeah. <laughs> Logan, you want to take us home? What's your uh, three-peat? Well, that, uh, that's int- interesting, Blake. Uh, my wife is a big Clash fan. I haven't really spent a whole lot of time 
with the clash and that's something that i would uh i would be interested check those in out at some point so uh, i'll check that Recommend. out uh yeah. you know i have a, i guess i had a lot of them i had a lot to choose from there's there's a ton of bands that i think have a string of you know three albums that are just great uh these arms are snakes one of them uh deftones is one of them i think 1995's adrenaline into 1997's around the fur into 2000's white pony i think those are three iconic deftones albums that i grew up with i think they've gone on to do even more interesting work and greater work since then in in uh, albums, but I, I I always think about those first three Deftones albums as just being <laughs> great. Uh, another band is uh, Rage Against the Machine, the self titled from what is it ninety ninety two ninety one mm. ninety two, and then Evil Empire ninety six and Battle of Los Angeles nineteen ninety nine. Those are three good albums. Yeah. Those would be contenders. Also. As I was talking about earlier, Mars Volta's 2003 Delast in the Comatorium, Francis the Mute from 2005, and Amputexture's 2006. I think those are three. But I think I ultimately am like, all right, those are three runner-ups going with the theme here. Yeah. Uh, but I, if I had to pick one, I might say that I, I really enjoy The Cure's 17 Seconds from 1980 into Faith. 1981 into pornography 1982 i think those are just three cure albums that really kind of resonate in this tone that they were going for and uh, i just i think those three albums are just kind of magically surreal for me they're they're very dark and they're not for uh i would say just that i don't know casual cure fan if you like some of the poppier stuff you might not like a lot here um, but if you like some of their darker, you know, stuff that's maybe you've heard off of Disintegration or something, it all stems from, I feel like, these three albums. So Don't are... The Cure have like an intentional trilogy of some they sort? They do. That's... It is. That includes Pornography, Disintegration, and Blood Flowers. Yeah, it's like not consecutive. It's yeah. wild. And... Yeah, I, I thought about that as well as a topic at some point, like trilogies that aren't you know, it's yeah. chronologically in order, but yeah. are, you know, just spread out. I thought you would add in, what's the, it's Kiss kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, and Head on the Door are back-to-back, right? Yeah, you could go Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Head on the Door into, what, Disintegration? And those yeah. are Because if yeah. you did those three, you would have fit a theme here. All, th- all the three of us, uh, other than you, did a double album in one of ours. Oh, yeah. True. Because Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me is the double album, right? Well, Francis the Mute, tech, technically, I think, uh, constitutes like an al- <laughs> a double album and a half or something. And uh, They fit it on one CD when they took the title track off, so that's yeah. how they sold it. Mm. Cool. Well, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, hearing us discuss their three-peats. And like I said, uh, we are wrapping up A Tribe Called Quest next episode with Midnight Marauders which is their third in a, a three-album run that some consider the greatest. And uh, to hear our thoughts on that, you'll just have to tune in next time. And and I don't know, maybe one of us will add uh, these three Tribe albums to our list of all-time great three-peats. But that's, that about 
wraps it up for this one. Um, anybody have any other things to say before we head out? I was going to mention that I I like doing the 99 cent playlist. I think I made one for you guys one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably upload that uh, to the the YouTube playlist. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. And nice. Get at us with your three-peats. Uh, you can find us yeah. on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're, we're on all the all the socials media um we a lot of times i fail to mention this but patreon.com slash ox audio there's some exclusive uh songs and such uh inside jokes for uh uh super fans of our podcast and other podcasts on the network so i think it's worth checking out nice all right well we'll see you next time to talk about midnight marauders Bleed American. Yeah, Bleed American. A-U-X. Ox Audio.